Blog Talk Radio. Today's show is a rebroadcast of one of our previous favorite episodes, and because of this, we regret that we're unable to take your live calls today. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good evening, everyone. This is Frank J. Maduri here with Undivided. You're listening to Undivided, episode number five. Healing is our topic for tonight. And again, I'm Frank J. Maduri, your host. Thank you for being with me. Episode number five tonight, Wednesday, September the 6th, here just after Labor Day, uh, long holiday weekend. That's one of the reasons why I don't have a guest with me tonight. With the start of school, a lot of schools went back either yesterday or today. Uh, it was very difficult for me to get a guest co-host to come on. Uh, some people are away this week, etc. and so forth. So here we are today uh, together with you. Uh, I'm going to be on my own tonight. So I'd like this show to be uh, in our interactive, excuse me, uh, very interactive show. And we have a lot to get to. I'm going to talk about uh, Hurricane Harvey and uh, Hurricane, now Hurricane Irma, that's bearing down on uh, parts of what looks like the southeast uh, United States. And here we are live uh, with you here at 7.02 p.m. And thank you again for being with me here on Undivided. I'm going to recap uh, the first four episodes of our program, uh, go into some of what my guests are very blessed to have uh, people that were so willing to come on the show. I'm also going to give you my, the phone number for the uh, call-in feature, and I'd like to open that up throughout the show tonight. Uh, so after the uh, show intro, which is about five minutes long, uh, I'll be taking calls uh, for the remainder of the show, which is a, a break in, in what we usually do here on Undivided with the segments that we have. I'm going to try and stick to the same segments as far as bridging the divide and doing common ground, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, but that phone number is 646-716-9397. Again, that phone number is 646-716-9397. We are live. We're taking calls. Uh, if you would be obliged to uh, enter the dialogue. Uh, so first we're going to uh, touch back on what I did about two weeks ago I was blessed to be on a panel, a special panel program show over on the Power Network, which is part of the Life Coach Radio Networks, uh, with Trina Ramsey, who is the COO of the network, Russ Terry, who's the founder and CEO, joined about halfway through uh, because of another engagement that he had, Irene Black and Tanja Poinsett, uh, who co-host a show together on one of our uh, sister channels as well, and sometimes it's on the Life Coach Radio Network, come to think of it. Uh, so they were all panel mates with me. I was the newbie, and I felt really blessed to have joined that conversation on uh, healing some of the divisions caused by uh, the racial tensions in Charlottesville. And I'm not a backwards-looking person as a, a life coach, as a certified coach, as someone that's uh, trying to help people move forward. I'm a forward-thinking person, a positive, glasses-half-full uh, perspective, and we talked a lot about how do we move forward. Uh, it was a very raw show. If you guys get a chance to check it out, uh, the link is in Life Coach Radio Network's feed uh, or the Power Network. You can search the Power Network on uh, Blog Talk Radio, and you can get that uh, show from there. It was on Race in America it was a really powerful uh, conversation, and we talked about, because again, everything that I want to do with Undivided, that's everything on the other end of the spectrum. It was like the opposite of what I'm trying to do here, 
it was almost like having a doppelganger. It was having someone trying to force the opposite view uh, to, to push these divisions, these societal and cultural labels and divisions on people and push them apart rather than putting them together. And that's a very dangerous territory that you could end up in. Uh, the anger and, the, and the, the simmering hatred for people that don't even know each other was really distressing to me and to others on a variety of levels. So tonight's show is how do we heal from that? How do we heal from some of the other disasters that have taken place? Hurricane Harvey, uh, Hurricane Irma has now affected our brothers and sisters in the Caribbean islands in the U.S. and British Virgin Islands, and also as well in Puerto Rico uh, today. How do we heal from that? And all this under the backdrop of the upcoming September 11th Day of Remembrance, which is a day as I was speaking with some people uh, prior to the show today who were saying it was the worst day in the history of their family. And for a lot of people, it was the worst day in the history, not only of this country, but in the history of their familial history, it was the worst day that they ever had. And that's coming up. And whenever that does, especially here, you know, as, as you know, the Life Coach Radio Network is based in New Jersey. Uh, a lot of us that do work on the program are, are from New Jersey or New York City. And whenever that comes around, that day is a really, really difficult day. And it still is. And it's human nature. I would love to say, you know, we want to move forward. But the other thing is we promise that we'd never forget. And, and we shouldn't. We should always have that in the forefront of our mind, that human beings are capable of doing something like that, as just totally unbelievable as it can be. And I still can't even completely wrap my head around it. And it was how many years ago? It's going to be 16, unbelievably. And how much our lives and how much our world has changed. I've met people that, you know, were four or five years old when that took place, September 11th. How do they move forward, you know, in a world where all they knew was terrorism? You know, at least I had, you know, a lot, large part of my life, a lot of years where that wasn't even on our radar screen. So it's something that we're going to get into a little bit later on in our program. Uh, but first, how do we heal and how do we move forward from something as devastating as what took place in Charlottesville? Sometimes, unfortunately, it takes a devastation like Hurricane Harvey. And that is what took place uh, just about a week after uh, the show that I uh, was blessed to do, the panel show, to try and bring some healing, some closure uh, to the events in Charlottesville. Hurricane Harvey bared down upon Texas and also Louisiana, took a second loop through, and we all know, we've all seen the news, and we've all seen the footage. I've been to Houston. Uh, I have some experience in that area, uh, driving around uh, in a sales type of role, and uh, a couple of different occasions I was down there, so I have uh, a viewpoint of that from the perspective of my thoughts when I returned was it was incredibly spread out, the city of Houston. It was incredibly uh, scattered. It was imp incredibly difficult to get around. And the infrastructure was alarming to me uh, with how many people were down there. And The Guardian actually did an article that my friend shared with me because I was in my news writing thinking about doing something along those lines because I was really struck by that and thinking about all those developments and all those people and all those neighborhoods, and The Guardian did a story, you can check it out on their website, about the people that are really culpable in Houston are the politicians that allowed all that development to take place because they just kept saying yes to everything, and there's nowhere for the water to go, there's nowhere for the infrastructure uh, to be uh, maintained or repaired, or it's going to be a really difficult fix because of the way that they allowed the development and allowed that city uh, to grow really unfettered. And that's going to create a lot of problems from an operational point of view um, as we try and move forward in what's going to be, a, uh, it's going to be several years, uh, not just several months. It's going to be a several year proposition. It could even take 10 years uh, with the level of devastation that's gone on there. So how do we heal from that? Well, that helped us, too, because if you saw the pictures of people 
helping others regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, religion, political views, cultural background, you name it. You saw pictures of people helping each other, diving into the water, uh, taking boats up to people's homes and uh, yelling inside and risking their own uh, health injury to themselves to go in to rescue people. And the solidarity that was displayed and the solidarity from all the generosity that you read about. Uh, I was sharing with my wife last night at dinner a story that I saw about a young woman who canceled her wedding. I don't know if, if any of the listeners saw this out there. Canceled her wedding and used the food and the space in the, in the uh, banquet hall to feed people that had lost everything. That is a truly, truly selfless act, a truly Christian act. If you read the Gospels, uh, I couldn't think of one more selfless act than that, to cancel your own wedding and then use the banquet facility, use the food uh, that was supposed to to feed your guests, to feed those who who don't have anything. So struck by stories like that, and we talk a lot about the the media on this show, the fear machine, as I like to call it, and they are. They're, they're feeding the beast now with Irma. Uh, that storm, yes, is, is a dangerous storm, and there's no getting around that. But they're feeding the beast with it, and they're trying to, to accelerate the, the fear-mongering, and, oh, you've got to go out and look out for yourselves. The message should be you've got to look out for your neighbor. You've got to look out for your community, you've got to check on the elderly people that are in your neighborhood and see if they have a contingency plan. Because those famous pictures in Houston, which you think one way or another, whatever your viewpoint is about whether it should have been evacuated or not, especially off of Hurricane Rita, which I remember back in, I think it was 2005, uh, and the problems with evacuating a city, again, with the infrastructure issues that it has. But you look at the pictures of people in uh, assisted living and uh, rehabilitation and uh, elderly age type of um, communities and homes with water up to their necks and their wheelchairs, those are really hard issues to to swallow. And then you see an image of, you know, people were asked to bring boats in and people from all over the place are bringing boats as far as you can see on their own time to come in and rescue people and to bring support to southeastern Texas. The uh, promotion that uh, J.J. Watt has given to his fundraising campaign and and the efforts that are going on there is another way that you can help. Uh, So here's some ways to help from Hurricane Harvey and and the terrible devastation, yet the tremendous sign of hope. And we talk a lot about hope on this show and hope over the despair. We saw so much despair in the storm, yet the hope that was provided was provided in those pictures and in those moments and in those accounts of neighbors helping neighbors, of strangers helping people they have never met before, and of people living out love and respect and peace and unity and harmony and decency amidst this terrible backdrop from the week before of all this other stuff that went on in in Virginia. As horrible as that is, it brought hope to a lot of people that maybe isn't, everything isn't lost. The Red Cross is a way that you can help. Uh, That's Red Cross, www.redcross.org. The Salvation Army is www.salvationarmyusa.org. There is a local uh, ministry down there called Adore, that's A-D-O-R-E, Adore Ministries, that's doing a lot of work on the ground in Houston that is reputable. Uh, they are boots on the ground organization based there doing a tremendous amount of outreach work. You can check out their website, that's Adore, A-D-O-R-E Ministries. And also Catholic Charities has just done a tremendous drive. They have a couple of articles out today on that if you want to Google Catholic Charities and what they've recently done. But you also have to be careful. There's a lot of people out there that are going to misuse the funds. You know, J.J. Watt's thing would not do something like that. His drive, his fundraising drive is legit. 
and has been verified. Uh, those other organizations I've given to you have, have been verified as well. Uh, but if you have any questions about that, this is for any charitable drive that you do, check out Charity Navigator. That's Charity Navigator. Uh, their website actually goes in and reviews and audits and then gives a rating to different nonprofit and NGO type organizations, 51C3 nonprofit charitable organizations, and provides you with a rating. You want to look at those with four star ratings, that's their top designation, and they'll show you just exactly how the funding is used. We are at the 715 mark here, live on Undivided Episode 5 Healing. And I'm your host, Frank Jamadurian, here at 715 in the East Coast, here on Wednesday, September the 6th. And upcoming shows here on the Life Coach Radio Network, we have Brenda Baird's show. That's Brenda Baird, B-A-I-R-D. Her show airs Tuesday, September the 12th at 7 p.m. Central Time. That's Brenda Baird, her show, her program airs Tuesday, September 12th at 7 p.m. Central, so 8 p.m. Eastern live on September 12th, Tuesday, here on the Life Coach Radio Network. So you're back on Undivided, Episode 5. This is Frank J. Maduri, your host, and I'm really, really happy to be with you all tonight and to be providing a message of hope, providing a message of healing that I think is so important amidst the uh, events of the last few weeks. So I pick up where I left off as far as charitable donations, things you could do to heal yourself. If you're sitting at home, a lot of people are talking about they feel broken. They've come to me and they feel like I feel helpless. I feel useless. Uh, I've talked to some people that wanted to go down there and they couldn't right in the wake of, of the devastation, you couldn't even fly in there. And it was very difficult to even get in there with the level of flooding that was going on. So you certainly couldn't drive. You couldn't fly at that time. How do you help? And there's a very good article. Uh, I can't remember what exactly. I found it through another source. But there was a very good article on how you can help by not actually being there. And then from my own experience in doing some disaster relief work in a nonprofit that I worked with at one point, we did disaster relief work all over the world. Uh, what, what not to do is, is a few different things. One, it's actually don't go to the impacted place. And the rationale behind that is you're going to take a hotel room away from someone that was displaced and doesn't have a home. You're going to use gas, which is limited uh, to the people that are already there, as well as food and water, which is already a limited supply and really should be used and available to those who are impacted by the, by the disaster. Uh, send clothing. You shouldn't send clothes. It takes away time from people doing operation type and disaster relief work from the operational perspective because they have to move it, sort it, stack it, fold it, organize it, and it takes away time, so they can't do that. Uh, you should just send donations of cash. And then the third thing is make sure you use a trusted charity, which I got into and wanted to tie that back to uh, Charity Navigator. Uh, if you want to verify whether a charity is actually doing what it says, it is. So now the concept of, of how do we move on, you know, I believe Houston and Southeast Texas really shift the true face of America. Uh, excuse me, I fail it really showed you the true face of our country, of people helping each other, regardless of those divisions that their culture tries to put in place. However, I think our culture has moved very far away from the ultimate healer, and the ultimate healer is God. And it's funny, or not funny, ironic. Uh, I think there's nothing uh, coincidental in life that everything is part of this grand plan. And going through IPEC training is, you know, my coaching certification was with, we do a spiritual coaching uh, perspective, and that's the greatest breakthrough they tell us that we'll ever have with, with a client is to get them uh, to have a spiritual breakthrough. Uh, we all should be connected to something spiritual. Uh, we all uh, are endowed by God as children of God. And as I spoke about on the panel show, that's going to solve a lot of things. If we followed the golden rule, if we loved each other 
as ourselves, if we loved our neighbor as ourselves, if we loved one another as the example of Jesus was to us, there would be a lot better a lot better news in this world and a lot better things happening in this world progressively uh, if that took place. But uh, with the concept of, of healing, I went to Mass this morning, and as you know, this show had been planned for about two weeks, three weeks, uh, but the uh, component of healing had been planned for at least the last 10 days or two weeks, and today's uh, gospel message and today's Mass was all about healing. Uh, the gospel reading today was when uh, Jesus was in Capernaum, and he heals Peter's mother-in-law, and then Peter's mother-in-law starts to wait on them, makes them dinner, etc., so then Jesus goes out into the streets of Capernaum and starts healing people when the story gets around that he had healed Peter's mother-in-law of this illness that she was suffering from. And he starts healing people right there um, you know, on the street level, as, as he often did in the gospel accounts. Uh, and he spoke in the temple, he preached in the temple, he healed people uh, uh, on the street. And... Uh, that's really a message for us that God is the great healer and oftentimes we push him away uh, we think that other things are going to heal us uh, whether it's alcohol or drugs and you read about the heroin epidemic uh, the recent media coverage on you know, New Jersey and the top cities for that it's very sad that people are turning to that this morning you know, big sports radio talk show, uh, Boomer and Carton, Craig Carton, the uh, uh, co-host of the number one rated sports morning talk show over the last 10 years in the New York market, which obviously is a huge market, uh, was arrested on allegations of uh, money laundering, fraud, price gouging, uh, Ponzi type scheme related to tickets for sporting and entertainment events. And it's alleged that he did all that and engineered all this with a group of people because he had to pay off large gambling debts. And that's the allegation. We'll see how that plays out. But it's those demons, the gambling, the drugs, the alcohol, you run away, you think that's going to provide you an escape. And it's very sad because often what we need, we push away. We need time in quiet. We need time in prayer. And this world is filled with noise. Noise from all sides from a 24-7 news cycle. Noise from all sides from, you know, people around us and from radios and cars to radios and stores. And it seems like we can't get away. The brain needs quiet to think. It's a proven scientific study that I think Harvard or Northeastern, one of them did recently, about a year ago. We need to spend more time quietly and in that quiet to hear the voice of God. You know, Bill Ross was on this show and talking about faith over fear. That was episode two. And Bill talked about hearing that voice, the, the Holy Spirit radio, which his book is, is titled, that's on Amazon right now. Channeling that Holy Spirit, the voice inside of you, your conscious, your consciousness, conscious your voice, your Holy Spirit, channeling that message, connecting with it and acting upon it, listening to the voice of God. That's really critically important in a world that moves at lightning fast speed and that is continually looking for a fix in society that's not going to come. And I'm sorry to break it to people that think that it will as you saw, people in flooded situations forced to live in their attics in Texas in oppressive heat. People up to their necks in water. It's like the old saying, there's no atheist in a foxhole. I bet you there was no atheist in Texas last week. Who are you going to turn to when those chips are down? Who are you going to go to when you need to be healed, either physically, emotionally, spiritually, or psychologically? And oftentimes we push that person away, that, that entity away, or the people that God sends to us to help us. 
So the story today at Mass in the, uh, in the homily was an example of that. It was an example, and I'll do it in a condensed way, as I'm looking at, at the time as always. But it was looking at how do you heal from crisis in your life? How do you have faith over the fear when life puts that in play, so to speak, in your life? And it had to do with a doctor, uh, Dr. Adams. And there was a tremendous ice storm. Dr. Adams was at home, and he got a phone call. that There was a young boy in a terrible accident, and they needed him to get to the hospital, to the ER, as fast as possible. And he has an older car. He was trying to get the ice off of it. He was picking away at it. He had started the car to warm it up. And he decides that he's, he's got to get going. So he picked out a little area he could see, and at every stoplight or every stop sign, he was getting out and chipping off ice and making it closer and closer to the hospital. And so he got a red light at one point and saw a pedestrian coming across the street. So he figured, well, this would be a good time to get out and chip away some more ice. The pedestrian was a man in a, a green jacket, a green hat, grabbed Dr. Adams, um, assaulted him basically and threw him into a, a snowbank and stole his car. So now he's on the side of the road and he doesn't know what to do. He's got a cell phone. He doesn't know should he call a cab or should he call the police. And he decides time's of the essence. He needs to get to the hospital. He'll deal with the stolen car later because, again, his oath is to do no harm, is to serve people uh, when when there's a, a health emergency, when there's a, a sickness, when there's a medical situation that's imminent. So Dr. Adams calls a cab, and they dispatch one that's in the area, so it gets there pretty quickly. And the cab driver says, I was about to go home. The weather's terrible. But when I heard that it was you, Dr. Adams, I figured you had to get to the hospital for an emergency. So the cab driver takes him to the hospital, and Dr. Adams goes running into the ER, and he says, I'm here to treat, you know, the child, the patient. And he said, Dr. Adams, he passed away about five minutes ago. But, you know, we had some people talk to the parents. The parents are distraught. We need you to go downstairs and console the parents. So Dr. Adams goes down to the elevator and comes out of the elevator and finds the parents, and it's the guy that had stolen his car. So what a great account of the people that God puts in your life to help you, this man thinks, well, I need to get to the hospital. My son's in danger. My car's iced in or snowed in. He steals the doctor's car, and that's the end result. So sometimes we can push those people away. We can push away who God's putting into our life inadvertently and get to a place where we can't heal because of that. A lot of it is having faith over that fear. And that's not easy to do. You have to retrain your mind to do so. You have to retrain your brain because so much of the human condition is based upon interpretations that we make, uh, based upon beliefs that we have that are limiting to us. You know, this, uh, this happened the last time, so it's going to happen again. I went on an interview and I had a person that, you know, uh, let's say I interviewed with a woman who was 40 years old. Well, the next time I have an interview with someone that's 40 years old, I'm not going to get the job. That's a, that's a limitation that you're putting on yourself. That is no grounds in, in anything, reality or otherwise. But we do it, and within the human condition, we're like, oh, well, this is the way it played out the last time. It's going to play out the same way again. It's almost that self-defeating attitude that's going to block us from healing. So how do we bridge that divide? We're coming up on, on 730 in the east, on the east coast here in, in New Jersey on Life Coach Radio Network. We're coming up on that here on Undivided Episode 5. And again, the phone number to call is 646-716-9397. If you have anything to add to the conversation or account where you yourself went through a situation and needed to heal, please share it with us share with the audience.
But how do how do you how do we do that? How do we heal our own individual wounds, our own wounds as a society? That's a big question that we're going to dive into uh, here on Undivided. So at 7.30 on the East uh, show promo, coming up, uh, Jan Jaffe's show. Next episode airs Wednesday, September the 13th at noon over on Life Coach Radio Network. Again, that's Jan Jaffe, and her last name is spelled J-A-F-F-E. If you want to search that on iTunes, if you want to search that in the search bar at Life Coach Radio Network. Her new show comes your way Wednesday, September 13th, noon Eastern, on the Life Coach Radio Network. And that's what you're listening to. You're listening to Undivided on the Life Coach Radio Network, Episode 5, Healing. And I'm your host, Frank Jamaduri. I'm glad to have you guys along with me tonight. And for those who have listened to my archive shows, I'm very, very grateful for the support that this show has received. I'm grateful and blessed to have this platform to reach you with. And I thank you for tuning in, listening in. I know people that do it while they run, they listen. They listen in their cars on the way to work or the way home from work, and I really appreciate it. So how do we bridge this divide? How do we heal? How do we take a culture that's moved away from God, who's the ultimate healer? How do we change this culture that's all about disconnection from our neighbors where you think we would have learned something from 9-11 and that devastation that took place when we were united so much as a country following that and the weeks and months following that if the people that are out there in the audience remember that are old enough you remember how united the country was at that point and then we lose it again we'll coalesce now around Hurricane Harvey and potentially Hurricane Irma, as that looks like it's bearing down on the southeastern United States, uh, the Florida, potentially up into the Georgia and the Carolinas. We don't really know. Uh, they don't really know. And every day the uh, forecast seems to change every few hours. So we have to just keep an eye on that. How are we going to heal from that? How are we going to heal from the wounds that we carry within us each day? whether that is feeling broken over a relationship or broken over, you know, a lost opportunity, a lost job, a lost promotion, a lost family member, uh, the brokenness we feel if, if we're disabled and we can't work or we're disabled and we're depressed and we can't help others that are around that are struggling and we feel just like we have no use got to have hope over that despair that comes into life. Despair is a part of the human condition. And when we had Dennis Marshall on this show, he talked about having a son with autism, severe autism, and what that could do to a parent. It crushes your dreams for your child, the dreams that you had in your mind for their life. And as Dennis, you know, explained on the program and, and to me in our, in our interviews prior to the show, yeah, that became the greatest gift and blessing in his life, his son and his outlook on life. So you have to have hope. You know, you, you can live in this part of despair, but you have to reach out for help. And others around you, please listen. As we talked about on that show, please listen to those if you even have an inkling that someone is struggling with depression someone is struggling with an event in their life of major significance or what they consider major significance, please be there for them. That's that's very important just to be there, just to listen. That person feels like someone cares. And between the heroin epidemic and the suicide epidemic, it's really terrible what is what has happened in our society. And it's because we've moved so far away from the connections that we should have with each other. We, we need to be better connected. Well, how can we do that? We talked about using technology to unify people. With, uh, in our last show, episode four, with Steve Rook, who was so wonderful coming on and talking about, well, how do we use technology to unify people around a cause, an idea, an objective, to organize fundraisers, relief campaigns, 
benefits for people that are in need somehow, uh, benefits for children with cancer, the list goes on. You can use technology to do that. We could use technology to be joined together. I communicate with people that live far and wide through social media, through FaceTime, and through uh, Skype. You, we, we have the tools to be joined together more so than ever, and we need to, to take advantage of them. We need to use what God has provided to us, and we need to use our talents and strengths to reach other people to help heal. That's how we bridge the divide. It starts small. It starts on the individual level with a coworker, a friend, or a colleague. It starts on a small level with a family member you may not have talked to in a long time. Having faith over that fear, that internal fear, that inner critic, as we call it in coaching, the interpretation of the situation that could be going on in your mind. You have to switch that negative energy to positive energy, and, and in coaching, we can help you do that. We can help people do that and turn their lives around, and there's no better feeling for a coach than to be able to do that and to help someone overcome those fears and have faith in themselves, faith in higher power, and faith in their abilities to be able to reach out and help others so that that continues. I call it the ripple effect. It's like when you were a kid, you picked up a rock or a little stone and threw it into a, a pond or a lake, and it ripples out. When you do that with one person, it's going to continue. And on the flip side, when you feed into the anger, the hatred, the violence, that's a negative feedback loop that's just going to keep going around and around and around and not solve anything. Love and peace are the only things that are going to solve it. Love is the most important and powerful tool that we have, and we have to use it even with people, and especially with people that we don't understand their viewpoint. We don't understand where they're coming from. We don't understand their background and their lives and why they're doing the things that they're doing. It has to start somewhere with dialogue. It can't be violent. It has to be nonviolent. As I spoke about on the panel show, I'm a big fan of Dr. King. The most productive and successful social justice movement in the history of the United States was a nonviolent movement, the civil rights movement. We have to go back to that. We have to examine what he did to heal this country, to heal the communities that we live in. Because at the end of the day, that's what we all want. And I still believe that. We all want safe communities we all want to feel like we're valued and that we're heard. Some of these people that are, you know, on either end of the spectrum here, and I'm not a political person and I don't want to go there. And again, the phone number to call is 646-716-9397. Our show is brought to you by Audible.com. That's our sponsor here. I played it at the show open. Audible.com for all your Audible needs. That's Audible.com. And it's 646-716-9397. Speak with me here on Undivided Episode 5, Healing. So what do we do? Uh, we start on the grassroots. We start with small things, small actions to communicate and to reach and to come to the level of someone else that we may not understand. What gives us that, that ability is hope. There, there are going to be a lot of desperate times in life, and I wanted to mention that, you know, in my own life, I can resonate with what's and, and really empathize with what's going on with Hurricane Harvey because I had gone through Hurricane Sandy, and I lived in an area that was a coastal area, lived on the beach. I had a relative that lived on the beach as well that went through a lot during Sandy, and, and I had friends that lost everything as well. I was more fortunate than others uh, in the particulars of my own situation, but I still had to deal with uh, all of the emotions and all of the work that you have to go through to empty out your home and things of that nature uh, following a disaster of that proportion. And there was a lot to deal with to feel like you were uprooted from your life. And at the same time, 
a few weeks after Sandy, I was in, uh, involved in a terrible car accident. I was uh, rear-ended by someone who was texting and driving, and I was stopped at a light on a highway. So I went through a number of different injuries, uh, back injury, neck injury, shoulder injury, etc. Went through a lot of uh, physical therapy, but most of it was on my own because you know how insurance is, they cut you off. So I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to figure out I'm flat on my back, I'm displaced from my home, I have a wife, um, I have family going through the same kind of thing, but on probably a worse scale than I was. Uh, and how do you deal with that? How do you have hope and that kind of despair? Now I'm injured to the point where I don't know what I'm going to do for work. I was in a really low place. And I have a friend right now who's in a really low place. And I said to him the other day, you know, have you ever heard the, this, the little antidote on the TV show The West Wing? You know, a guy falls down a hole, and he hadn't. So it's a guy falls down a hole, and uh, a rich man walks by, and he says, hey, I'm down in this hole. Can you help me? And he throws money down the hole and keeps walking. A uh, priest walks by. He said, uh, Father, I'm down this hole. Can you help me? He says a prayer and keeps walking. And then his really good friend, and one of his best friends comes by, and he says, hey, Bill, I'm in this hole. Can you help me? And Bill jumps down into the hole. And he says, Bill, what are you doing? Now we're in here. We're both stuck down in this hole. And he said, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out, and we're going to get out together. That's, that's the point. That's the antidote I told to my friend. I've been in, in low spots before. My life five years ago is completely different than what I thought it would be today. My life five years ago was completely different than what I thought it was going to be at that time. I didn't think I would go through any of those things. And I see it in a much bigger, much and more amplified manner with Harvey because there's nowhere for that water to go. At least our water receded and receded relatively quickly. That's what's going to amplify that relief effort, and they really need your help. So if you can do anything to reach out in a charitable way, and I think we're going to have to do that again, you know, God forbid, with this other storm. If any of you have relatives in Florida, I know a lot of people in this area do, uh, we'll keep them in our prayers. And they all have to have a plan. Make sure they have a plan to evacuate. They have a plan to deal with this. And they have a plan to heal their lives. And the only way that is is through God. And it's through uh, a conscious decision to pray. It's through a conscious decision to spend time in prayer each day. That is the only way that you're going to find common ground, as we talk about on the show. And that you're going to heal, that we're going to heal this country. This country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. This country was founded on all men are created equal and are have inalienable rights endowed by God. And our currency, it says, in God we trust. And we've gone so far away from that, excuse me, we've gone so far away from that and moved to this point that's unrecognizable. We've got to move back towards that if we have any chance. You know, I went over to Europe Oddly enough, after 9-11, it was a few months after 9-11, my family took a trip to, to Europe. It's the only time I've ever been there. And it was an interesting time to be in Europe because of what was going on in the United States. And the reception that we got from people in the world community was so awesome. You know, they were open arms. And I remember you know, them asking me, you know, how are you guys going to move forward? And I said the same way that, you know, you guys have told me that you were envious, essentially, you know, these British guys were envious that the U.S. had grown so much in a short period of time. And I was talking about how I was just recently at a site that was like 400 years old and had been burned down and two different major fires and rebuilt. And then it was bombed and then it, in World War II and then it was rebuilt again. And the resiliency of the British people was just so, such a profound thing that resonated with me. And they said, well, you guys, you know, you've been around a lot, lot less time. And 
as a country and have achieved so much. And, and as we, because we put our faith in God, we consecrated this country of the Virgin Mother Mary. And we've got to get back to that. That's how we were so successful. Because we opened our doors to everyone. We allowed everyone in here to start a new life. We had faith in God that they would come here and do so. And it's an open society. It's an open society. And freedom is a beautiful thing that other countries strive at. I've always said America is an idea. It's not a country. It's also an idea. And that idea, that message of peace and openness and freedom and democracy is something that the world strives to be for good reason. And we've kind of lost that to a large degree. And we have to get that back. We have to circle the wagon, so to speak, and come to the understanding that we're all in this together. We're all Americans. We need to bring in the people who are tired and poor and weary from wherever corner of the world they are coming from. I remember, you know, living, as I said earlier, in New Jersey, you know, as a boy going to visit the Statue of Liberty. And I remember saying to my dad, you know, this is really wonderful. You know, who, who as a little boy, asked him, who can come here? And he said, well, anyone could come here. So I was learning how my, my relatives did from Italy. And he said, anyone could come here. And I said, anyone? And I said, well, why would you want to do this? He said, because there's a lot of evil people in this world that do evil things to people. And this is where they come to get away from that. And that's what we've got to remember and we're losing, I think, on a day-by-day basis. We've become so individualized, so, so much relativism is in the mix here. And there's so much of this meism, as I like to call it, what's good for me, not what's good for Bill down the street or Jane next door. You know, back in the day, it used to be if it was good for my neighbor, it was good for me. And we talked about that on this show and in previous episodes. We have to have faith over that fear that is part of the human condition. We have to have faith in God that the people he's putting in our lives are for a reason. And I know that they are. I view some of those people that I would have never met if I didn't go through Hurricane Sandy, if I didn't get into an automobile accident, I would have never have ended up doing, making certain decisions in my life. I would have never met people that have enriched my life beyond measure. And I would have never met some of the people that have actually come on this show. This guest. I would have never met them. I, would have, I was on a, a completely other path and God knew I needed to be connected with them. And they've said that to me as well because we've enriched each other's lives to that degree that I know everything's all right. And you talk about healing, you know, I've been very blessed to heal to a point where the doctors can't even explain that. So I'm a walking testament to it because I was supposed to have major neck surgery and I never did. And I trusted in God and I believed that he was going to get me through this and I believed in myself. But at the same time, it was very humbling. You know, somebody like me was very active. I couldn't even lift a five pound weight at one point. I had to, to really be humbled and really get my, my life back, my body back, and it was it's a long road. Anyone that's gone through it, and there's people that have been through a lot worse than me, and there are people next to me in physical therapy that said, I thank God, like my grandmother used to say, you know, everyone puts their problems in a hat. You wish you want to pick your own back out. You do. Uh, a friend of my mother-in-law's, I was, I was just talking to my mother-in-law, uh, she was telling me her friend's daughter's had 70, 70, 70 surgeries in her lifetime. And they don't know why she's still alive with some of the issues that she has. She's survived with some major issues for like 20 years. It's because God has a plan for you in your life. God has a plan for me, for you, for us all. And we have to listen. 
That's what we're called to do. We have to listen and we have to act. When there's someone in your path, help them. When there's someone in need of anything, reach out. That's what's missing. We have to get out of, as I talked about in our very first show, episode one, the big premiere, if my listeners remember, the six inches in front of the windshield. We've got to get out of that kind of thinking. We've got to move beyond those six inches in front of your face. And I'm guilty of it myself. There are days where I I say I'm in my own head. Um, I'm in my own mind. I'm on autopilot today. And as conscious as I am of it, I could still slide into that in my own mind. I'm thinking about, you know, a medical bill I've got to pay. Or how is this going to work out? Excuse me, or that's going to work out. It's it's ingrained in, in our human condition, and that's why it's so important when you feel yourself sliding to reach out of that spiritual connection, to take time to, as we would call it in coaching center, some people call it meditation. I spend a lot of quiet time in prayer, and that's what can help you refocus. It's proven, you know, we would do all types of uh, centering and visioning and different exercises in training for coaching and coaches will do it with each other uh, to help each other through certain things with a client. Um, And that's part of of what we do. So where's the common ground? We're we're 10 minutes in, or I'm so, excuse me, we're 10 minutes away from the end of the show, roughly. Where is the common ground that we could find to heal? We have to respect one another. We have to have communication and outreach. We have to show hope. We have to use technology to unify each other. Because in the end, we all want what's best for our families, for our friends and their families, for our communities, or at least we should. At the end of the day, most humans are united in that. And if that's the only common ground we find, at least initially, that's the starting point, is at the end of the day, regardless of what race we are, what gender we are, what age we are, what our ethnic background or religion or political views are, at the end of the day, we all want a roof over our head, clothes on our back, our children taken care of and fed. You know, our car in the driveway if we're fortunate enough. And that's it. So if we can find common ground on that, because it's a struggle. It's a struggle to provide those things. It's a struggle that we're all in together. We're not in it to be competing against one another. We're all in this thing together. And, you know, there's a, a really special person in my life, special friend of mine, Tracy Leacock, she's going to be on the show in two weeks, our next episode, episode six, on the 20th of September. So it's a good kind of segue to that. 7 p.m. live, Tracy and I will be on. Tracy's going to be my VIP guest co-host that evening. Forgiveness over resentment is the topic. You won't want to miss that. Tracy is awesome at networking people at recognizing the strengths in people, saying, I know this person, but I know that this person needs to be connected with Peter, and and they can get to Peter through this person and this person. So I'm going to introduce so-and-so to Lisa, and Lisa's going to introduce him to Peter, and Peter's going to help my friend. That's how our mind works. It's, It's amazing. It's incredible. She's a master at networking people and we're going to talk about some of the work that she's doing in her own coaching practice and also how she has dealt with resentment in her own life, the emotions that that causes and how do you move on? How do you forgive? So it's going to dovetail on this whole concept of healing. We've got to let go of that negative energy. There's negative energy. There's positive energy. There's the negative fear driven choices that we make and then there's positive choices that we make to benefit others. You've got to get rid of that negative energy because it's going to cripple you. If you're walking around with it, get the help that you need. 
reach out to a friend. Get connected if you need professional help. Do not be embarrassed to get it. The ways that people turn to try and cope with these things are not going to solve it. I can tell you that as a fact. You're not going to find it in a bottle. You're not going to find it in drugs. You're not going to find it gambling in Atlantic City. Those are temporary fixes. And in the morning, you're going to be left with the same problems. Now, as Biggie Smalls used to say, more money, more problems. It's true. That's not going to solve it either. People think, oh, I win the lottery and my problems are solved. You end up multiplying them. You know, I've known some people that have experience with that. They come into some money and then it, it goes off the rails for them. So that's that's not the fix. The fix is, is finding it through some tor- sort of spiritual connection, some sort of connection with a higher power with our God. And I'm hoping that all of you can find that space in your heart and in your soul to do that to connect with God on a personal level each day because I trust you trust me I should say it works and it's the only thing that does and it's the only thing that's going to heal you from what you're feeling it's the only thing that's going to heal this country from all the craziness that's going on it's the only thing that's going to heal this world with Kim Jong-un setting off bombs every other day and everything all the other saber rattling going on over there and all the war games and all the the ticky tack stuff in, in foreign relations that's going on right now, which I don't want to talk about on the show at length, but it's going on in the world and it has to be out there. There's a lot of fear that the news media, that the culture that society wants to put into your heart and God is the answer to that fear because you know, all these things could go on in the world, and Jesus conquered the world. So you don't have to live in fear because of that. You don't have to live in despair because of a loving God. You know, Terrell Davis is a running back for the Denver Broncos. He went into the Hall of Fame, what was it, a month ago when they did the Hall of Fame inductions for the NFL? And you could Google Terrell Davis. Hall of Fame or HOF acceptance speech is one of the best ones ever when he accepts the honor and I'll paraphrase he says if you are living in fear if you are living and you feel isolated and alone you should know that God is with you every step of the way that God has his hands on the small of your back and is directing you where you need to go so the knowledge of that who the heck wants to be afraid? Who the heck wants to live without hope? And we have to have hope to get beyond all this. We have to have hope that there are better days ahead because I believe that there are. We have to have hope in each other, in our society, and in our world community. And it's those times, like the Hurricane Harvey examples, where you see people helping people. It's those times, like when Dennis Marshall, who's on the show, talks about saving a man's life who's going to commit suicide with a knife in a church. And he listened to the Holy Spirit. He went out of his way on his lunch break in the first week of a new job, for those who didn't listen to the episode, and ends up listening to this voice inside of him, that's telling him to go and keep going. And he ends up in the Church of the Holy Cross, which is adjacent to the Port Authority station in in New York City. And he finds a man deeply disturbed who's going to commit suicide in the church. And he convinces him to drop the knife. He channels what God was given to him. He uses his abilities to level with this man, to look in his eyes and tell him it's not worth it. Life is too important. And that bring it to the cross that, that Jesus, that God loves you and will heal you. 
and that's healing. We have to have faith over fear. We have to do, as Bill Ross would say, Lenten positive acts. You could use that program in your own life, even if you're not Catholic. The Lenten positive acts program challenges you each day. You start with one good act a day, then day two you got to do two, day three you have to do three, and so forth. And you keep a mental scorecard going on. Okay, you know, today I did X, Y, and Z. I helped an old lady carry groceries to her car. I held the door open for someone. I helped someone, uh, you know, at a store who was looking for something. Uh, Whatever it may be, it's looking out for other people. I pulled over and gave someone a jump start. I did that once, I remember, lent in positive acts and wanted car trouble. And it changes your perspective. It retrains your brain because humans develop habits over things that they've done over a 30-day period. And Lent, obviously, is 40 days plus the Sundays is 47, to be exact. So over those 47 days, you can train your mind to have new habits that are good. You could do that in your own life. You don't have to be Catholic or Christian. You could just say, hey, I'm going to use this program as a template. I'm going to start out by doing one good act a day and then two good acts on the second day and so forth. And then by the end of the first week, hey, you know, I, I did seven great things or I did 15 great things or whatever it is. Use it as a springboard to change the way that you think, to look out for others instead of just being stuck as we talk about the six inches in front of that windshield. So that's our common ground. That's what we have to do. We have to retrain our mind. We have to retrain our brain to look for those who are in need of help, to be present. You know, in coaching, we talk about living in the present moment. We could spend our whole life, like I mentioned before, and and I shared a story about myself. In my own life, I could say, I could be sitting there and saying, okay, I should have done this. What if I was never at that intersection? What if I was never, you know, here or there? This wouldn't have happened to me. You could spend your whole life living in the past. You could live your whole life saying, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I've got, you know, 500 bucks in the bank, and I don't get paid for another two weeks, and I have all these bills bearing down on me, and what am I going to do, you know, between now and, and December? if I don't find another job. You could spend your whole life either stuck in the past or worried about the future and not living in the present. And that's where the trust in God comes in. That's where the faith comes in over the fear. That's where you have to have hope that God's leading you down a road that he wants you to be on. Because trust me, he put me on a road I didn't really understand. And on some days I still don't. And I have to remind myself that I'm on the path every day. I'm on the path, and I hope that you join me on it. And that's how we heal. Give yourself that time, that quiet time, whether it's, you know, 15 minutes in the morning when you first wake up, whether it's 15 minutes on your lunch break, whether it's some time in the car if you commute to and from work. Whatever it is, you have to find it. And do it in complete silence. And start listening. Start listening. And be present. Live in the present. Who cares about We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We're not promised tomorrow. We can't change what happened yesterday or last week. It's over. You have to live in the now. You have to live in today. You have to be present in the situation you're in, whether you don't like it or you do. You have to be present and help and be there for others. And that's how we heal. That's how we move forward in hope. And I hope that you'll join me in doing that. And that's our show for tonight. Uh, Thank you very much. I know I've been a couple minutes over. It is 8.04 in the East. And our next show, I'm just going to wrap up with a couple of promos and then promo our next show. Uh, Mark My Words of Mark Shaw comes your way 9 p.m. Sunday, September 17th on Life Coach Radio Network. Again, Mark My Words of Mark Shaw, 9 p.m. 
Sunday the 17th on Life Coach Radio Network. And then Russ Terry has a special show on Tuesday the 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. That's Russ Terry has a special program Tuesday night the 19th at 8 p.m. Be sure to check that out. And I was blessed to be with Russ, Trina, Irene Black, Trina Ramsey, and Tanja Poinsett. You can check out that panel conversation on race in America and how do we heal the divide, how do we heal and move forward. Check that out. That's on the Power Network that's available on iTunes. My next show, I'm with you guys back, and thank you very much for listening, with uh, Tracy Leacock, Forgiveness Over Resentment. Episode number six of Undivided comes your way. Two weeks from today, September the 20th at 7 p.m. live, Undivided with Tracy. Forgiveness over resentment is our topic. We're also going to talk about great, Tracy's a great networker and what she's doing with relationship coaching and what she can do for you or your business. We're going to talk about that as well. But for now, this has been Undivided Episode 5, Healing. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri. Thank you for listening. And until I see you guys again on the 20th, be blessed and be well and pray for those people in the hurricane. Good night, everyone.